what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. President of the Rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. Wishing you guys a very, 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 very happy day as we are into the 200s for the podcast, guys. Episode number 201. And I can't wait to announce my guest today. But before I do, yes, yeah, so I got to talk about the sponsor for this podcast. Yeah, we got a sponsor. Woo! So yeah, concerts are back. Festivals are back. We're going crazy in those mosh pits. You know me. I cannot resist a mosh pit, but... I want to be in as many as possible, especially during those festivals. So, yeah, my body's going to have to be pretty physically fit in order to be able to do that so that I don't completely feel like, you know, utter death and exhaustion by the time day three of the festival comes. Or by the time, you know, if I'm at three straight shows, I don't want to feel like that. So make sure my physical fitness is up, get my fitness goals going. Everything seems to go well, but I got to make sure I'm able to recover and get my body set to keep going. So make sure I am maximizing the efficiency that I can. So how am I going to recover? And that's all thanks to Phoenix Fitness. They've got many different products in terms of vitamin supplements, different pre-workouts, different post-workout proteins, AM proteins, different BCAA recoveries, creatine, uh, even non-stim pre-workout, multivitamins, whatever it might be in order to make sure that you can attain your fitness goals. They are always willing to help. The link to find them in the description below will also come across the screen as I am speaking. And at checkout, you can use the code MSOTD to get 15% off of your entire order. It's Phoenix Fitness. I want to thank them for sponsoring this video. And now on to the guests. Well, our friend, Mr. Julian Parnell, aka Mr. Heavy Metal Joker, is friends with these guys on Instagram, talks to them a lot. And during a live stream recently, Tony, the guitarist, ended up coming on. We had a great time, about 30 minutes, just having fun, shooting the shit. And it turned to a podcast with the entire band, minus the bassist. Usually it kind of happens, though. But please welcome Tony, Brandon, Andro, and Zach from the band Defy the Tyrants out of San Diego, California. Are you guys ready? Because this was a fun one. talking about their brand new song, Hiding in Shadows. Enough with me. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, again, another big shout out to our friend uh, Julian, aka Heavy Metal Joker on Instagram for telling me about this band. And even during one of our recent live streams, Anthony ended up joining us for about like a half hour out of nowhere. And it was fun as all hell being able to talk to him. So we decided, you know what? Why not just talk to him and bring on the band for the podcast as well? So please look at the band, Defy the Tyrants. So guys, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Having us. Yeah. How's everything going out in uh, California during this day and age that we live in right now? It's going going well. Shit's opening back up. Um, Tuesday, not fully, but yeah, t- Tuesday at like, California. Tuesday, we're back. Yeah, we should be back. Mm-hmm. So uh, shows are opening up again. That, that's a good thing. We're starting to see all that that shit on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, and you know all these tours happening. So it's exciting, you know. You lost some light. I don't know, Brandon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brandon hit the light. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, you know, it should happen. This podcast, you hit the light. I've had people's phones blow up in their hands before. You know, shit happens. <laughs> uh, so hopefully nobody's phone blows up, though. Well, is it 95 degrees where you guys are right now and you're not sitting in an air-conditioned room and you're, but it doesn't seem like you're recording this on a phone, so I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, no worries. Well, any room with these... All of us together, it gets kind of hot and musty. Mm-hmm. Gets super steamy up in there. Oh yes. But I know exactly. I'll say I know exactly what you mean by you know live shows come back. I mean I'm super excited as well. But it seems like every single day now it's 
Alrighty, I'm online. Okay, another show popped up. All right, buy tickets for that, buy tickets for this, buy tickets for that. To the point where now I'm getting invited to other things that my friends are putting together. And I'm like, well, I can only go to half of this right now because it's like a weekend long thing. And now I got to go to a uh, concert instead because I already bought tickets for that because I got a buddy getting married in October. It's like, oh, yeah, we're playing his bachelor party last weekend in August. I'm like, motherfuckers, I already bought a ticket to go see Rise Against Chicago that Saturday. I'll hang out with you Friday, but Saturday... I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good shows coming through here, finally. Like, all the tours kind of were avoiding uh, California in general because no one knew when stuff was going to open. But now they're starting to pop up. So it's cool. Yeah, that's where I got lucky with where I'm at here in the Midwest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just because it's kind of when things were opening back up. It's like, of course, you know, people are going to look at Texas and Florida first because they were the first ones to really go full on open once again. But then all of a sudden it was like the Midwest was just like, fuck it, we're just going to all go together and just open up like crazy. And then bing, bang, boom, all the tours are getting announced around here. And I'm just like, yay, let's go because now they're all coming by me. Woo! Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to go see Ginger in October. October. And then I'm going to see um, Black Dahlia Murder after the burial and Carnifex in September. Mm-hmm. And then we're playing two shows in September. Yeah. And... Probably going to go see P.O.D., possibly. When is that? Uh, September. September. September, yeah. So September's when stuff in California is popping off again. I yeah. think, isn't, uh, I think there's some stuff I've seen for California in August, though, but it's, if September's, though, it seems like September for, for most of the rock and metal world, that's when things, especially in the U.S., are starting out because you're getting all those different festivals to come back. You're getting incarceration festival to happen that second week of September. Blue Ridge is happening that second week. Louder Than Life is happening towards the end of the month. So it seems like September for rock and metal is really going to be that full-on grand reopening month. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think all this is going to be like some places are going to start testing the water, smaller shows, and then September it's going to yeah. really come back. Well, I've got a bunch of different shows like planned. I'm going to see between now and September. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be at Rockfest in Cadott, Wisconsin. Four days Rock Festival. I think it's like the first Rock Festival that's going to happen since the pandemic. Really, it's in a larger scale. That's middle of July. Then I've got uh, two Rise Against shows in August. Uh, shoot, I'm trying to think. A couple of smaller ones as well, right around here in Milwaukee. Uh, Deftones coming to Milwaukee on the August 14th. So and with Gojira. So yes. And I think there's a skillet show in there somewhere. There's usually a skillet show in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, dude. But instead of talking about concerts, let's talk about you guys. So before we really jump into everything, there's a certain way I always like to start off these podcast interviews. And I'm going to ask all four of you guys three separate questions. The first two questions. If you guys can't answer these questions, I might question your own intelligence because they're very simple. But that last one might put you on the spot a little bit. So it's going to be interesting. So the first question is, what is your name? The second question is, when it comes to Defy the Tyrants, what do you do in the band? And the third one is, I want to know a little fun fact, a little fun, wacky, interesting story about yourself that will hopefully make me fall out of my chair, laughing hysterically, knock my head on my table, and give me a freaking concussion. I want to laugh that hard. I mean, I've heard some ones where, you know, uh, Dima told me about the story about, uh, when she was on tour with Hinder, how the bassist, his parlor trick is lighting his balls on fire band called soul switch. They basically kidnapped their lead singer from his house, chloroformed him, dragged him to a beach in Florida, buried him halfway in the sand and just made it look like he got bitten in half by a shark or something like that. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other crazy ones that have happened. There's, there's usually ones that pop up out of nowhere. 
uh, the drive-by uh, golden shower where a band, there was some guy that was peeing in the front seat. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's in a bottle. All right, got to chuck it out the window. Chucks it out the window and it comes back in and basically gives the drummer a golden shower in the back of the van. So there's a couple of examples for you of some of the crazy stuff I've heard. So if you guys can top that and, you know, basically make me give myself a concussion from laughing so hard and smacking my head on the table, then you win. But I got to see what happens. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. You start, Tony. I don't Maybe. know if I should speak of any of this. <laughs> uh, so I'll start off. I'm Anthony. I'm Anthony Esparza and I play guitar for Defy the Tyrants. Uh, do we tell our funny stories right when we introduce ourselves? Yes, that's usually when it happens. Uh, I almost got into a fight with a homeless guy at the very last show we played right before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that happened right in front of... Uh, it's a. Uh, it's one of the bigger local venues here in San Diego called Brick by Brick. The guys in that's late dying. They own it. Um, it's been a hot spot for a lot of uh, underground kind of mainstream metal bands. Ginger came here last year. Uh, not last twenty nineteen. They came. Uh, Devil Driver, Soulfly. We're opening for Soulfly in September, so we get a lot of those bigger bands coming through. That's usually the venue that they prefer, and it's a hot spot for bands. Uh, some of the bigger local bands playing because it's a wonderful stage, great staff, and all that. Everybody knows where it is. Uh, we were. We, we had just finished loading in and I was kind of hanging out with some of the, uh, the younger bands, I guess we we're kind of chilling, hanging out, just talking to the shit. And, uh, there was this guy who told me, Hey man, there's a, a homeless guy getting a blowjob across the street. And it was like this little alleyway. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I had a couple drinks in me and the guys know I like to be quirky and goofy. So I get my phone and I roll up to the little alleyway hit record and immediately say yoo and homegirl stops mid sucking turns my way and she's still holding the the uh his, the dick. Th- his yeah. dick in his in her hand <laughs> i don't know if we could say dick but she was holding oh you fucking can't are you fucking kidding me i don't care what the hell you yeah, say on the show so so she's still so she's basically holding the dick like what's going on <laughs> in her face i'm like oh my god and the dude's dick just look he was a uh, lighter uh, white dude, very, very heavily white skin. And his dick Dang. looked like it was filled with dirt. And I'm like, ugh, ugh. And I run across the street. About two minutes later, they come running across the street. I'm over here hanging out with a bunch of the bands. We're all just bullshitting. I'm dying laughing. The other guys are dying laughing. Homeless guy comes over and he starts talking shit to me. And I do this thing when people start talking shit, when they want to engage into a fight, where I just start laughing my ass off. So <laughs> I'm just clowning on him, making fun of the way he's talking. Up, he was really drunk, uh, very intoxicated, and then he starts charging at me. But he does this thing where he charges at me, and then once he gets like about six, twelve inches in front of me, he backs off. But he has like this intimidating look on his face, like, <sighs> and I'm, I could not help myself. I almost, I was on the floor, dying. And then finally, he comes up to me and like, kind of like. Uh, shoulder checks me a little bit and then I end up shoving him and then we're about to get down one of the other guys in the band uh, one of the other bands starts holding me back and he's like bro you don't want to get down with the homeless guy you don't know what he has in his pants and I'm like I know exactly what he has in his pants <laughs> and the dude's the dude's girlfriend starts laughing and she walks away she's also intoxicated and then we have homeless Jack ends up chasing her down the street and that was basically it. <laughs> that was it so I was got into a fight with the homeless guy the very last show we played before COVID. The whole entire time I'm thinking about like that homeless guy kind of like charging you and then like backing off right as he gets up to you, kind of thinking about the scene from uh, Doctor Who's How the Grinch Soul Christmas one that stars Jim Carrey when he's trying to scare little Cindy Lou Who just going like, whoo! 
<laughs> just the whole entire time. That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That makes a lot of sense. Oh my god. Only only you would just get into a fight with a random homeless guy and then prevent him from fighting you by just laughing your ass off. It kind of I mean, I who wants to fight somebody who's laughing their ass off? It's like where's if you if you like go after him, it's like what the hell they weren't ready. They were laughing hysterically the whole time. They weren't prepared to fight. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> that was my brick by brick, too. That was a brick by brick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'll uh I'll piggyback to that story. I'll just think about one that was uh, not even super recent, but name my, my name, my name is Zach Salazar and I'm the vocalist of Defy the Tyrants. And um, uh, just to talk about uh, brick by brick, that's probably my favorite venue as well. Um, but uh, the, the band I was in previously, we, we were always ones that played uh, as like the black sheep uh, as a metal band. Um, playing with, uh, you know, a mixed uh, rap groups and the country. And we played a thing at Cap Pendleton, um, you know, that was uh, eclectic with a whole bunch of different types of people. And that's where I met uh, some people in the military. And um, so, some of those guys are some of the best fans that I've ever had. And um, I, I met this one uh, Navy SEAL and it was just at a, at a show I, I went to. And uh, it, Brick by Brick is where... Uh, we met up and, and uh, we, we had a show with a, a band basically not like us at all. And um, they're pretty big called, um, why am I not thinking of it right now? Um, whatever they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> what, whatever they were, were called. Uh, but uh, we were playing a, sh a show there and um, one of their fans just uh, got into it with him. And uh, I thought, uh, as uh, somebody in the military, they, they wouldn't be getting in a fight there. But uh, a little bit after our set we had, I, I see like a fist fight going with this big <laughs> biker dude from, from the other bands kind of fan. Um, and, and it kind of just threw me for a loop because it was one of my first shows at Brick by Brick. And I see these two like, it was like that UFC fight with, uh, that's a classic fight where you see them like holding each other by the collar and they're just going like this, you know, <laughs> hitting the crap out of each other. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, how many, like, you get hit, like, 20 times in the face. And there's the dude's shirt ripped. And, you know, we were selling merch at the time. And, uh, you know, after the security broke it up, I went and I gave him one of our shirts. And um, crazy, like, literally, it was, like, from a movie where 20 minutes later, the two were, like, at the bar buying drinks for each other. And I'm like, this is the fucking craziest show. Like, <laughs> we're not meant to play here at all. And, and um, there's actually strong monkey that they were you know on mtv uh -oh. and they're they're totally not as metal as as we were when we were playing there and uh it was just a, a crazy time like it was a, a gnarly show and it wasn't that much of a, a metal-esque show so uh that was another uh, fun story at the brick by brick oh i i can totally see that happening though where where is it what is it with you guys and having people that just like want to fight just when it gets to be around you i don't know what it is but it, it does, it's kind of interesting just because I've talked about this before on a podcast where a couple of times my friends and I, we've done these things where all of a sudden we're over at someone's house and we'll just literally clear out the living room of anything that's in the middle. Of course, the couches and like all the furniture will be pushed up against the wall. So everyone's sitting down. It's like, okay, we literally just will go full on fight club at times just because all of a sudden, you know, if you want to fight someone, just fight someone. If you've got a minor issue with someone or major, you just fight it out right here. And it's like, okay, people are just going to go and beat the ever-loving crap out of each other. And like you're saying, if people, like, literally, grabbing the collar, just going nuts, wrestling, whatever it might be. But kind of like grabbing the collar, just constantly punching. 
can we put him on skates and we, can we have a full on hockey fight? Cause that seems like really what it is, but it's when, when it comes to those guys, like being at the bar 20 minutes later, it's similar to what my friends had. Cause it's just like, already now it's over. It's like you, 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 t- all those emotions, all that pent up energy, all that and pent up anger, you resolved it right there. It's done. So all of a sudden the next two people will go. And then whoever won that previous fight will go into the kitchen, grab two beers, will come back and then we'll sit next to the person they just fought with and drink a beer while the other, while these next two are just having fun going at it. And honestly, I got to say, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to let it all out for sure. Yeah. You just punch. So you just like go, you're wrestling like crazy for like 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, like you like, okay, now everything's all good. And it's just like, well, what issue did you have? Whatever issue we had, we just fucking fought it out right there. Beer. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Brandon. I play drums in the band. Uh, I'm trying to think. This band's been pretty chill. Like, I haven't had any crazy stories. We do have the time that our bass player, who's not here. I'll get something to play. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, we took two cars. And we took a truck, a trailer, and a car to a show in Arizona. And anyone who's towed a, a trailer knows you really have to keep the speed down, especially on, like, hills and stuff. Our bass player didn't listen to that. And so he popped a tire in the middle of the fucking desert between <laughs> San Diego and... Uh, Phoenix, which is like an eight hour trip, about eight hours. And then um, the car that I was in with our manager, um, we had to meet up with them, get the tire from them, drive back three hours, try to find a tire shop open on a Sunday, (laughs) bring it back. What was fucked up is during our trip, three hours to go get the tire. We see the rest of the band. Um, and our manager, or no, our manager was me, but just all the rest of the band hanging out on the side of the road. They popped open coolers, Doritos, they're drinking beers, <laughs> food, like basically tailgating while me and our manager and like two chicks of the band are fucking driving six hours round trip to deal with their bullshit just because our fucking bass player drove too fast. <laughs> <laughs> we were not too thrilled when we came back. Cause just Instagram, it just looks like they're having the fucking best time tailgating in the desert. Listen to EDM, just chilling in the back. Just chilling, enjoying, having a good-ass time all of a sudden. Here's Brandon just trying to go get this tire fixed. No. I, Brandon, you probably had to come back just like, you motherfuckers. I'm going to get this tire fixed, and here you are drinking your ass off, partying, and just having a good time. And I'm pretty sure you guys finally were thinking, what the fuck else were we supposed to do? Pretty much. And what's fucked up is we were in an area where it was like a hill. So we were, we had like, um, we were like in some shade and we were getting some wind. So it was all cool. Meanwhile, they're driving and it's hot as hell in the middle of the desert. So we had like our own little shade area at the, towards the end of the day. It was beautiful. I had the time of my life. I still hate you from that. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, just, yeah. he did it twice. Yeah, it happened twice. Both times we drove to Arizona, he popped tires. Yeah. The first time, the reason why we didn't have a spare that second time is because the first time it was on the way to Arizona is when we used the spare for the one that was popped. So when we were on our way back to San Diego, that's when this situation happened. <laughs> so you popped two tires in the same round trip? Yep. Yep. Over a three-day period. Yep. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have this thing written down like in like some sort of like note text? Have it like on some stone tablet that says, do not let the bassist drive the van. Yeah. The one that owns the truck. <laughs> no, no. We have no choice. No, we're kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to drive over speed bumps. Oh, we're just God. Fucking trailer. 
Or just drive it off. We all. sold that trailer. So our manager sold that trailer. So that trailer's no longer. Or make left turns. <laughs> Don't make left turns. Hundro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Alex Uturia. Uh, guitarist, rhythm, lead. Uh, I don't really have like a crazy story. Also, I have like very terrible memory. Yeah, uh, smokes my, a lot of marijuana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I look like a pothead, you know, whale. Uh, short term is very bad, but I do remember getting like too high and like I to the point where I thought I fucking pissed myself a little bit. <laughs> Wait, on stage? Like, like no, this is, no, fuck no. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I felt like it came out a little bit, and I was like, "No, fuck!" Did you felt the tinkle. Yeah, I felt like some sort of sensation, but also yeah, I was man. really anxious. Oh, you need one drop. You'll feel it. I was really anxious as fuck, uh, only to find out later that I did not. You sniffed your boxers. Yeah, okay. I did everything. I sniffed it. I fucking touched it. I'm like, okay, I don't like. Was it just in my fucking head? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, I tripped myself out. Yeah. Who knows? You might have been having some good smoke with some of that integrity weed you know stuff they grew up in colorado might be fake i don't know it's it's integrity that's all i'm gonna say about that <laughs> but i know so, you, yeah i know you, i know what you mean though because this was back god i think i was was i in high school i might have been a senior in high school it was like three in the morning i can't remember where the hell i was but it was me one of my friends and then this per this guy that she knew and all of a sudden yeah we're this is one of the only couple of times i've ever smoked weed and all of a sudden I was sitting in this car and I looked down and because it was like three in the morning, I was wearing shorts and I could see where my shorts ended, but I knew my legs were down there, but because I couldn't see them for some reason, I thought that this like bottom half of my legs from my knee down were just completely gone. And, oh. and I was, and I was like flaming my legs around and my friends like, Kevin, what are you doing? I'm like, I have nubs. Wee. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'd be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that shit he had. No, he was though. Yeah. 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 So high that I barely remember playing. Like afterwards, I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know how that went, but it felt good. I, I can't. Yeah. I, uh, I can't. I can't go loaded on stage as a vocalist though. Like it. I, it, 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 it's just so it's so tough like it's so so consuming uh you know that this live energy of music um I can I can easily uh, feel the energy from people in the in the audience and, and to to stay composed when you're doing that gnarly of vocals or yelling um, is, is the tough thing I think as a vocalist because uh, I, I remember you know when I was really getting into it and the first time I had a mosh pit was a little place in San Marcos uh, Jumping called Jumping Turtle, Turtle yeah. And there's probably 20 people and half of them were my friends, but then uh, they were just starting to run around on the floor and the bartender came around and was like, you want a drink? What the fuck? You guys are awesome. Like, and it was just so cool that like halfway through my set, like honestly, like just breathing in general was tough. I thought I was going to pass out. I'm telling myself like stay composed, breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. Like, but it, it can, it can really, you know, and I, I can only imagine if I was like in talk, you know, intoxicated, I probably just wouldn't perform very well but uh yeah I, I i get high off the the energy of the crowd and it's tough to, to keep yeah. that down so say if you were intoxicated you end up performing like vince neal at that memorial day show from this from this year my god you do not want to end up like that no, no, i'm no, like no. pretty fucked up but no one can tell not like that <laughs> well i don't have to sing <laughs> yeah that's true like we've played pretty fucked up yeah especially with previous band yeah when we were in drained i used to be 
fucking lit when yeah. I play. There, there would be times when we're on stage, I'm like, you know, play, you know, you're getting down, and then there's that part where I always look to Brandon on stage. I'm like, all right, here we go, and I look at him, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Long pause. I'm like, what's going on? And he just, I'll have to spit water on you guys. Man. Yeah, you That's do. Move. Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll feel it like on my ass. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Technically, call it this way. It's not a long pause. His mind is just buffering to the next section of the song. Exactly. We're taking a breath because it's fucking. It's it's tiring. <laughs> He's probably thinking about his next beer. Who am I kidding? Beer is too heavy yeah. when I play drums. I usually go with fucking cranberry vodkas. All right, all right. Yep. Or Red Bull vodka. Depends on what the what the drink tickets get me that day. Sorry, Dad. You just got to have it to where all of a sudden the people in the crowd are going to end up buying you drinks instead of just having drink tickets. Be like, hey, who's going to just yell at the show? Who's buying me a drink? You're going to get some people to go, woo! And you're like, okay, you, go to the bar. Crap vodka right now. Bro, that's the worst is when people buy you drinks. It's it's the best and it's the worst because it's always like you get to the show. All right, I'm not going to – I'm going to have a beer. Because they're going to have two beers. So you're hanging out at the show, and then after you're set, you're kind of just chilling with your friends, and then all of a sudden, hey, let me buy you a drink. Sure. Buy you a drink. Okay, I'm drinking a third one. 20 minutes later, you're down to your sixth or seventh one, and you're like, okay, I need to drive home. But now you need to wait like an hour after the show to sober up. So you're the only asshole in your car just kind of on your phone being like, I need to sober up now. Come on. Oh, it sucks, dude. <laughs> It's uh, great, like, but it sucks. <laughs> so as far as like band shenanigans stories, it's not even a, I filled in for a band, like a local band that was um, kind of, it was like their last show, their, their drummer quit and they were just going to break up. But so they did a last show and I filled in for them and they got a whole party bus and it was like a hundred people crammed into pure platinum, which is mm-hmm. a strip club. Yeah. So it was a show at a strip club. <laughs> back but we were already fucked up before we played and then people kept buying us shots of jaeger like so while we were playing we were doing jaeger shots and we had like six pitchers of beer but by the end of the set i had puked on stage (laughs) every member of the band all four of us we we had to get like carried into the bus like we (laughs) could not function it was a fucking roll up that was fucked up i and it was glass everywhere because the singer was nuts. He the first set of four shots, he took all four together. And then so they had to get us more. And then he threw them. And then they got thrown back. And so it was just pint glasses and shot glasses everywhere. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had more band stories uh, with you guys. I they'll they'll, we'll they'll be coming. <laughs> they will be developing. Um, but before uh, it was rather professional. My, my crazy stories are just from being born and raised here in San Diego and going to TJ and working for a beer distributor and uh, yeah, working seven years at a beer distributor that, that you got some crazy stories there of uh, different pint nights and block parties and uh, getting a lot of perks. So uh, uh, that, that shit was, was fun there, but uh, no crazy band stuff in general but i've definitely done some stupid shit we'll get you some crazy stories it's part of what the song is about you know you know i've, I've done some stupid shit and, you know i've lived through it so i'll say i'll say even like myself like because i've worked for, i've worked for a beer distributor during my time when i was in college as well so it's like i don't have like those like super crazy stories that i think you would just because when i was working for this distributor i wasn't 21 yet so i could legally work as much as i wanted to but when it came to drinking any of the product yeah that was not not good I do have some horror stories, though, from different, like, 
grocery stores that were selling beer because they have liquor departments here in Wisconsin. I have some horror stories going to some of these grocery stores, seeing like where they stored this stuff. Hell, there, there's one grocery store here that I remember working at. They stored all their domestic stuff. So it's all your Miller Lite, Coors Light, uh, like Budweiser, Bud Light stuff. They stored it in the meat cooler on these racks. And the and I saw all the meat. It wasn't wrapped or anything. It was just exposed. There was stuff. There was a couple, there was like flies flying over. I'm like, and this is supposed to be one of those like premier grocery stores. And they say they have one of the best butchers in town. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm telling people do not buy your meat here because I see how it's stored. And it is. Mm, fuck. No. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you, when, when you're talking about that, I mean, I worked there for a long ass time and, uh, I specialized in on-premise, which is bars and restaurants. Like I started off doing chain stores like Vons, Albertsons, Ralph's, like that type of stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah you'd be amazed when you see the back behind the scenes of, of bars and restaurants. It, it, it's crazy. Like you're, in San Diego here, there's a place called PB, which is like the newly 21 can't handle your shit alcohol. Uh, usually that's where people are, are, are really wasted. There's two streets, Garnett and, and, and grand even mission over there. And, uh, that area is just known for being like newly 21, let's get fu- fucked up area. Um, it's a nice area and it, it, it looks nice. There's a lot of newer places, but if you look at back end scenes uh, of, of there, it looks worse than a, another place here in San Diego called ocean beach. Um, and that was known originally as kind of like the homeless place area. You know, there are rock venues called Winston's down there and some other places. Um, and uh, now it's starting to be more of like a, a hipster kind of area. But, you know, a lot of those back end places were cleaned up way better because they had older owners and they just took care of their, their place kind of like a house. It wasn't just like fluctuating a whole bunch of younger staff and just going through, you know, a bunch of volume. But yeah, it was it's it's crazy you know seeing behind the scenes you could probably relate a little bit it's a it's a different world when you're waking up at six in the morning and, and being on the distributor side of it so it was oh, never I, when I was working it was always out of work when i was off all the crazy shit happened so no absolutely okay i got i got one phone one for you so this was i was working at a uh i was putting out beer at a they, myers had recently it's a michigan chain store they, they recently come to wisconsin and they built their first store about 30 minutes north of milwaukee in a little town called grafton and like the first couple months they were open, it was one of the summers I was working. So I was basically tasked with taking care of that whole entire area because the guy that was supposed to take all that care of that whole entire area quit. So they needed the seasonal help to just run the area, which was me. And I ended up going there and to put out a whole entire delivery. So there's probably about eight or nine pallets worth of stuff. This is going to take a little bit of time. So I'm putting all this stuff out and I noticed that the delivery drivers and the people and the people in the back they end up putting my pallets in a certain way where they had this delivery of milk that was blocked in by my pallets. This is in the middle of July in a warehouse too, like a back when like a back warehouse at a store. So it's warm in there. There's no AC back there. I'm like, this milk is going bad. If I don't move everything out of the way, moved everything out of the way. They never came and got the milk. And all of a sudden it was like noon and I was ready to leave. So I'd finally put everything out, put all the, did all the backstock catalogs up and I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, I see the receiver <laughs> taking these gallons of milk because now they, they've been sitting out in the hot sun, like the hot, uh, not hot sun, hot warehouse for like six hours. So they got this garbage chute and he's just chucking them with like two of the other workers at the back of this garbage chute. They're exploding all over the place, dropping down. That's how they're getting rid of them. And I'm like, 
ah, man, that looks like fun, but the store manager doesn't like me. The store director absolutely hates me for some reason, because every time there's a mess that's made, he always assumes it's mine when it is never any of my beer or never any beer in general. There's one time he yelled at me because there's a bunch of uh, olive oil that was spilled all over the place. Two like whole sections away from where I actually was working, but he told me it was to be the one to clean it up. Otherwise, I had it was kicked out of the store. I'm like, dude, that's that was your guys. You gotta be kidding me. So this receiver looks at me and says, Hey man, wanna have some fun with us? Uh what? Yeah, just take these milk gallons and just start chucking them at that at that shoot. Just one thing, please don't miss. <laughs> had about I took about 10 of them because I'm like, I just don't want the store director to see this shit. So I was like, I, I like was just like overhand throwing them like, you know, like kind of like soccer inbounds. I was like, ah! just watching them explode. Oh, that made my day. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Sweet. But how about this? Enough about some of these crazy stories because the fact of the matter is, is that by the time this podcast releases, this song will be out called "Hiding in Shadows," which is your guys' most recent song. It will be. It is out as of June twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. So I'm gonna force my brother to listen to this one because it is on his birthday. So I'm gonna be like, "Here's your birthday. Here's a new song. Bam." Yeah, that's <laughs> good timing. You. Good timing. Happy birthday. Yeah, Happy I made birthday. it just for him actually. <laughs> yeah, and it was. I, I, I mean, you might have, I don't know, because whenever it comes to like diving deep into a song, one of the first things I always look at is what's the story trying to be told by the song? What's the meaning of the song? Because a lot of times the instrumentals and the vocals will also carry that message and you can get this full on impact from a song that is a lot deeper than just the surface level. So the first question I'm asked about this song to you guys is what was the inspiration behind the song? What's the mean behind Hiding in Shadows? Because I kind of want to see if it, your, what, what, what the song really is about kind of match up with my interpretation of it. That sure. Um, how the song was, I, I'm I'm kind of curious to know if like they had a different envision before they even gave it to me. So how uh, a lot of these songs uh, we've started off is is they've given me an instrumental and kind of just said have at it, Haas. And uh, I've written like lyrics and melodies uh, upon that stuff. And I'm trying to 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 express the music as best as possible. And I'm coming up with my own themes, but uh, this hiding in shadows is definitely about um, uh, you could say life or death, mostly about death lurking ar- around the corners, hiding in shadows. Um, that that is part of the the, the chorus as well. Um, I, I say things like whether you're um, you know you're knocking at my door, you let yourself in uh, willingly. You know I've seen it. You know where where you know you have traces of it, and it might be distant relatives, or you see it on TV. And it doesn't hit too close to home or then, it, you know, somebody like my grandfather, you know, who dies young of cancer or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's always there, you know, as we age, it takes a piece of you every day. Uh, it's just kind of acknowledging that, uh, you know, when you live your life, you know, uh, just as much as you live, that's always around the corner. You never know, uh, you know when it can take your time. I've done plenty of stupid shit in my day um, where I've, I've woken up and, and realized, hey, like. Sometimes you are glad that you're, you're, you're just breathing and you're alive because, uh, um, you know, when you look back, uh, not necessarily you regret it, but uh, you, you do realize you do some stupid shit. So um, it's just acknowledging that, that death's always there and try not to be naive of it. Yeah, and you also kind of realize at those points, too, where, you know, life is special. You only get one shot at this, so enjoy it. But don't, it's kind of like you got to also weigh out those options of, Sometimes you might go a little too crazy and that might be the last time you enjoy it. Yeah, I, I originally had the idea of 
of, of death kind of being like a, a reaper cat, something that kind of cuts you uh, each day, takes a piece of you each day. Um, and, and, uh, and you have to kind of rebuild yourself. You can let life get you uh, and, and bring you down or you can live each day. And uh, basically that, uh, you know, I use the words like cauterizing repetition that you're, you know, after you get cut, you're burning yourself and, uh, you know, you're, you're doing it daily. You're just repeating um, this, uh, this cycle and, uh, you know, you try and live each day uh, to the fullest, but, you know, acknowledge that, you know, any day could be your last as well. So that's kind of what that song's about. I kind of took it in a little bit of a different direction, but it's very similar to where you're talking about death as being like, like the finality of death. I took a look at the same kind of subject, but in a little bit of a different way where it's kind of more within our own selves. So it's like the death of your inner self, not the death of yourself fully. Cause I kind of looked at it. The When my interpretation of me was, it was about something that is always there to keep you from achieving what could be your true happiness. Cause we all have different things that we go through in life and we all have things in life that are working against us, against our own goals, against our own ambitions. And those could be caused by ourselves within our own selves. Like, you know, my own worst enemy kind of thing, or it could be caused by other people it could be caused by people that are, you know, you're co- like in competition with you or people that, you know, are close to you, but want to have you in a specific way. Like maybe someone in your family has a different idea for your life than you do. And they're trying to push you down a way that they have an idea for, or it could be like a girlfriend or a boyfriend, significant other, whoever it might be, where it's kind of, they're trying to manipulate you and force you into being a certain way. And it's like that fear and that potential for something like that to happen is always lurking. It's always hiding the shadows to the point where it can come out at any moment. And it could potentially be the thing where if you let it take over, it's going to end up destroying your own personal self on the inside. So by the time you get to be, you know, 70, 80 years old, maybe 90 years old, and you're sitting in a nursing home watching Pat Sajak Futurama style doing Wheel of Fortune, you're going to be wondering what what the hell actually happened with my life? Where did it go? And the first thing you're going to have on your calendar when you wake up is going to be regret. It kind of takes a look at that moment of realizing that there are certain things within yourself that are always potentially going to come out and try and destroy your own true happiness. But it's also the understanding that those are there, whether from an outside force or from your own force inside of you as well, that when those flare up, you got to be ready to fight. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, it, if that's your interpretation of it, that's what I love about music in, in itself is it is somewhat subjective. And I think when I write, I do try and write catchy stuff that is a little bit more open-ended where, um, you know, it's not as direct, but I, I love that you have that. I mean, I, I feel like your your um, explanation of it, you know, should should be what the song's about. Anyways, I'm not sure if maybe you wrote it yourself. <laughs> well, this is well, this is where it usually comes in, though, is when you take a look at like songs and when they're written, it's what I've always liked is the songs where they have this idea that everyone kind of revolves around. It's always a base emotion that everyone revolves around because if you go super duper specific on something, then really only people that have gone through and experienced something to that specific nature are going to be able to relate. But if it's super duper broad, super duper metaphoric, then everyone's kind of lost in a kind of a different space. When it comes to something like this, it's there's a base emotion. There's a base, you know, core meaning behind it. But the specifics, that's where we all branch off. However, we're all still connected to that core emotion that's at the base of the song. So that's why you, we're leaving it a little, we're kind of having like, it's kind of like a loose directive in a way. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, whether 
whether it's actual life or death, something, you know, whether it's an emotion or friend, like you said, you know, there's always something that's going to, you know, the cycle is going to keep going, whether, you know, you live, die, you lose something. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the great thing about, about this. And if you got that from the song, then, then I hope other people, you know, may have other ideas and that's cool. So it, it is along the same lines of, you know, um, you know, life, death, killing something, cutting something off, kind of that type of thing. So yeah, that's cool. The, I had to say the craziest thing I think about the song was the instrumental construction behind it because as I was going through it and again I always end up having that theme and that message of the song in the back of my head to see how these things play off and the, the way the instrumentals are constructed the way the emotions feel you can think of them in two completely different ways with kind of like with the mean that I brought up with and how everything gets played off to the point where okay you're having these outside forces these inside forces kind of lurking hiding in the shadows ready to take you down at any moment's notice when they're ready to and in like the in my opinion like in the verse of the pre-chorus it builds up like you know this is ready to come out this is ready to happen then the chorus it depends on what your mindset is because it can go in two different directions it can either it's going to be that attack moment of this whatever is hiding in the shadows coming at you to try and you know take you down, destroy your happiness, destroy your inner self, destroy you completely as a, as a person, you know, com- maybe even kill you. But the fact of the matter is, is it has this feeling of okay, what's going to be the idea? Are you going to prepare to fight against this, or are you going to stand back and let this happen? Then you get to the bridge of the song, and then the different mindsets come in because then it's like if it's the one where you're going to let this happen then you feel it sinking into you with how dynamic that bridge is. You feel it like that this outside force is winning. So by the time that final chorus comes, it feels like it has overtaken you. But if you think about it in the other way where you're ready to fight against this thing, that bridge makes it feel like an all-out brawl with this. But then that final chorus feels more of this finality, vindictive kind of thing where vindicated kind of thing, I say. Vindicated, that's a better way to put it, that you can beat this shit. So it all depends on mindset, but the way your instrumentals are constructed Whatever mindset you have going into this with that, with whatever's lurking, if it's going to overtake you, you're not going to let it, you're going to see the outcome to it. It's kind of like back to the future with the skewing timelines. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a good way to put it. I can't believe I threw a back to the future reference in there because I love it. That's not (laughs) it. Who's ever seen that, to be honest with you now, uh, even though it's a classic movie, there's a lot of references I make. I'm the old man. And, you know, every band I'm in, I'm always the old man. The old, probably. So, yeah, sometimes I feel dated when I make some different references as well. So I ain't dissing you for some, you know, back to the future stuff. You know? I was hoping I was hoping all of a sudden I was going to hear, what are you looking at, butthead, from one of you guys out of nowhere? But, oh, well. McFly. <laughs> You're a slacker. You're always a slacker. <laughs> Did that guy ever have hair? I don't know. I love those ones. Oh, that's a go. But like kind of just even speak a little bit more in depth with that as well. Kind of just what that in- even the intro really brings it out as well, because it sounds like there's either this ominous like plucking guitar, even a piano that's over this deeper like bass electronic backing. But then it kind of builds up the momentum overall. You're getting a little bit more of the faster backing, the electric guitar and the, and the drums as well to create more of this dynamic approach that culminates with the heavier guitar with some more bursting drums behind it and the lead guitar playing more of this melodic style over it. And I really enjoy this because it sets up the tone for that there is something that is there lurking in the shadows and it is just biding its time. It just, it shows that there is something there. It pulls it out and it basically gives you that feeling that, you know, there's always something right behind you. You got it. Like, don't like always look over your back kind of thing, but recognize that there's always something there that's hiding, ready to attack. 
it kind of sets that up for it with the way the ominous tone of the intro really brings into it until you get into the more full style of it. But then again, you get that melodic kind of higher pitch guitar that really sets the tone the rest of the way through. Yeah, that, that is totally um, the, the theme of it is not necessarily um, being scared of what's hiding in the shadows. It's just acknowledging and not being naive that it's it's there, you know. Yeah, because we can all think it's that it's not there. I mean, when we're younger, I mean, I can even go back to like shit when I was in college. This has been like, well, like five, six years ago. Like it felt like you know there was I was invincible at times. Like nothing wrong could happen. Hell, I could go. To, I went. I went to Panama City Beach and Panama City Beach, Florida for spring break in 2015. Got blackout drunk on St. Patrick's Day, and it seemed like everything that I did just while I was blackout drunk went right. So of course I'm feeling invincible. But then of course there's going to be things you got to recognize that. That's not always going to happen. There's going to be things that pull you back and there's going to be things that just potentially set you up, like will come after you and try and set set a course for you where you're going to end up having to change up or set apart that could potentially, you know, harm you in the end. I mean, take a look at what happened in 2020 with the coronavirus pandemic. We all had this fear, this panic of like something that was going to change our whole entire lives forever for a specific period of time that was going to happen that came in March of 2020. And it happened. Well, we could have either done one of two things. We could have either just let it consume us and potentially just kind of change our whole entire lives, potentially get destroyed by it. Or we could look at it and say, well, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let this whole entire pandemic, this whole entire, the way that it's affecting society to keep me down and then just continue on and focus on what's going to make you happy. Like with you guys continuing to make music, releasing music, and you guys will be playing live shows come September once again. So it kind of has a little bit of a overarching feeling as well, even in a broader sense. Yeah. And that's something interesting about this song. This song is very appropriate for being released as our first single um, coming back out of COVID and kind of coming back with Zach as our new front man and all the stuff that we went through last year. Cause uh, yeah, during COVID, I don't think any of anybody in the band was really not, I don't want to, maybe paranoid is inappropriate to say, but we weren't like as cautious as most people. We were still kind of cautious and we still took our precautions. Uh, I think like when COVID initially hit, we did take like two, three weeks off from meeting with each other. And as time went on, it was like, you know, we just want to keep playing music and let's just, you know, the five of us trust each other to be responsible and everything. And um, that's kind of how we went through COVID. And um, uh, just a backstory on this song is we actually wrote five, five new singles uh, when COVID had started. When COVID started, we were already kind of getting ready to start writing some new music. And, um, you know, coming out of, uh, 2020 in, in December after our previous vocalist had quit uh, myself and the guys, it was kind of very, we were in like this really weird kind of purgatory area where we had just started tracking these, uh, these five singles and we didn't really know exactly what was going to happen. We didn't know how people were going to receive these songs because they were uh, very different from our previous styles of, of music. And um, we didn't know what kind of uh, vocalist we were going to have. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we were kind of taking this kind of, um, kind of the death of the band is near it was kind of like in the back of my head like i don't want to speak for everybody else in the band but it was kind of like this is probably going to end soon this is probably going to be something that you know maybe people are going to lose interest with or maybe we're going to lose interest because we're just things because of covid things aren't just happening and then when zach came in that kind of reinvigorated or revitalized our love of playing music within the band and you know playing live and writing music and then hearing zach's voice when we had showed him hiding in shadows as the instrumental hearing his voice on it also revitalized 
you know, because he has a different style than our previous uh, our previous uh, vocalist. Um, so it was kind of more exciting to hear that kind of style in our music and added on to it without having to be so death metal-y or death corey having um well I, I don't know if it's perfect but maybe like more metal core or hardcore kind of voice with you what and more pop, clarity even if you want to say poppy i'm totally fine <laughs> with it like i the, i'm glad that i'm able to put a little spark back in these gentlemen they deserve it uh i i haven't done shit in a long time but with the direction of how the the, the band's going not just this song um it, it's awesome it, it is motivating because um i think we all want to have the same uh, movement and and honestly i can give a sh- two shits about any metal elitist and say that i have to be this amount of death core or you know be this type of brutal like i, I give two shits I, i'd much rather have fun express that on stage do what you know we want to do as a band and i think it's going in the direction where it is uh, a, a little bit more poppy and and, and uh, i hope it is catchy Mm-hmm. I hope it is uh, catchy, heavy. Um, I, I do Uber and Lyft on the side. And believe me, I, I, I stick metal down these people's throats <laughs> when I drive. And I'm, a, I'm like a five-star person. with. I've been doing it for almost seven years. And I, I, people love it. And people that say that they don't like that genre of music uh, say that was awesome. You know, I'll do some crazy vocals while I'm in the car. And yeah, yeah, you know, I'll yell and do whatever. Um, and they're blown away. I give them a little live show in the car. And, um, you know, if I can bake, break some barriers and, and get people that don't necessarily listen to this type of music to like feel that cadence with the music or to feel something that I say in a lyric because they can, you know, hear myself a little bit more than some mumble artist or mumble rapper <laughs> yeah. that stuff like then, then awesome. Uh, then, then all for it. You know, if I can get just people to enjoy rock music, then, then great. Yeah. Great. No, oh, I absolutely, I, absolutely know uh, what you mean too. Cause I'm, I've, I'll put it this way. Like I've gone, I mean, over time, of course, going into downtown Milwaukee, going to hang out, drink with some friends as well, trying to get back, you know, like one, two in the morning. Of course, take an Uber because I'm not getting any drinking and driving ticket. That's the worst possible thing. Drinking and driving DUI, don't do it. So, But every time I get an Uber driver, it's like, okay, what do you want to listen to? And I tell them, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll put on a – got some punk rock to put on or smart rock or like metalcore or anything. It's like, um, no, I can play some like – it's like, well, what can you play? And all of a sudden, they start playing you know, like some pop music, mumble rap. Or modern country, I'm just like, guys, guys, guys. Why like why you asked me what to play? Why didn't you play what I said to play? It's like, because this is what I like. I'm like, but you asked what I wanted to, sir. <laughs> and, and it's even somewhere I'm going to a bachelor party in Vegas and got it, I think it middle of August, and all of a sudden it's like, alrighty, all the guys I'm going with, no one kind of, no one likes the music that I want I like at all. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, that first day, I am breaking out from the rest of the group. I'm saying see you guys because there's a show I want to go see. You guys can go gamble. Fuck it. I'm going to see a show. Whoever wants to come with, come with. I'm kind of trying to convince my best friend to come with because he doesn't like the kind of music I like, but the dude for some reason really likes mosh pits. So I think I can kind of get him into it. So it's kind of similar to that kind of, of what you do with Uber as well. Cause it's, there's a lot of people that, you know, they say they don't like it, but when all of a sudden they kind of have to have the experience with it. And then they just start seeing how much fun it is and enjoy it. All of a sudden, now next thing you know, you're going to be the highest rated Uber driver out there because it's like, holy shit, a metal vocalist is an Uber driver? My God. But even jumping in back into the song as well, it does make sense what Anthony was saying where your voice doesn't have that fun like death metal, death Corey sound. It is rough. You do have the unclean vocals in there heavily, but there is a lot more clarity to them to the point where like going through the song and really trying to like listen to the lyrics without having the lyrics actually in front of me. 
I can still pick out almost every single one of them, even with a good ear, because there's some men with deathcore vocals and death metal vocals where I'm just like, I still have no clue what the fuck you guys are saying, even if I have the lyrics in front of me. But like with this one, it's it's a little bit, it's it's not as rough. It's still as unclean, but it does have this crisper, more clarity quality to it that I wouldn't say really drives more of a poppy sense. It kind of does take away from the whole deathcore death metal thing, but it brings it more into like that more straightforward, heavy metal, a little bit more of the hardcore side of things. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's one of the reasons I feel like this song was very appropriate to release as the, as the first single is just because, um, like I said, like it, in, our, in our in my subconscious, the death of the band was near. So I related to what Zach wrote very um, literally in regards to the band. And, um, you know, I just feel like the, the type of song it is, this is the kind of song that we would have wrote three, four years musically. We would have wrote uh, two, three years ago uh, on our last EP. And then we kind of dabbled uh, in the last year or so. We kind of dabbled in the deathcore arena, but we're kind of coming out of that. And just we want we just want to write heavy ass metal. We want to write heavy metal with great hooks, with uh, lots of dynamics and just all that stuff. But Zach can do the death metal shit. Like you can do like he's got that. The, the, he's got those down, <laughs> which is apparent in Hiding in the Shadows. He does like this, like what, 30 second guttural and i'm like holy shit <laughs> I, I i don't i'm actually kind of horrible at gutturals like it's uh I, I do i do, I do inhales i could do lows i, I move my larynx a, a lot as a vocalist uh because uh, I, I lettered in choir i've always been in choir so i know how to sing appropriately there's a lot of uh things that incorporate with singing correctly uh when it comes to like down here in the belly diaphragm area but when it comes to your mouth correctly, that's not like, you know, what you would do opera correct uh, type of singing. It's a lot of clinching, you know, different mouth formations, you know, having your throat tighter, um, you know, stuff that you wouldn't want to do normally singing, like where you'd be open and your vowels are like you, you kind of have things more airy and open, open. Um, so it, it, it is super fun. I, you know, if I could showcase what I can do as a vocalist and, have people understand what I, I, I say and, and, and uh, have it still sound uh, brutal, then that, that's what I would love to do. And what he's speaking of is, 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 is my inhales. I can do them for a long time. I could scream highs for a long time. Um, you learn how to just talk and do those inhales as well. And... You can play with it, and it's the same thing. Like when people do pig squeals, and they do all. I, I do that. I don't really do that in music. I know how to do that stuff. It's fun. Um, yeah, I haven't done it yet. I haven't. <laughs> There's time. Uh, you haven't you know. done it yet, but the fact of the matter is, is it's in your vocal range that you're potentially able to do something like that. So it seems like now with you as a vocalist, Zach, it gives you guys with Divided Tyrants a lot more range to potentially work with in terms of new music to expand on other horizons as well. Maybe put some different things in there because hell, you got to maybe have more dynamic vocalists that you can work with. So why not take full advantage of that? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to, I want to do, if I do more dynamic things and I change it up, it makes it more fun for the band. It makes it more fun for me. You know, if you're so monotone in there and you're just doing the same thing over and over, you know, it's not as fun to practice. It's not as fun to record. It's not as fun to play shows. So, uh, you know, yeah, definitely changing it up. I, I think uh, it's always fun. And it showcases a little bit more talent. So Yeah, and, that's, and one thing you don't want to do is follow the rock and metal elitists and what they want because they're just so, like, we just want one specific thing and that's it. If it's not, it's trash. It's like, nah, get the hell out of here. If you're just the... 
you're just someone who wants to be hard to please because you think it's cool. Nah, if you're going to please anyone when it comes to making your music, the first person you got to please is yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want these guys to be happy too. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, of course I want myself to be happy, but we're doing this as, as a band and, you know, it's a, it's a relationship, you know, uh, that's why it's tough. You know, you don't want one person that wants to go in one direction and then, you know, uh, you know, the bassist and the, gar- the guitarist to go in another direction. Everybody needs to be cohesive as a, as one unit. So, you know, if we're not on the same page, I don't think we're going to express what we need to express, you know? No. Yeah. And, previously like especially the first few years we had to write we would write music and then it was oftentimes like well what the fuck is the vocalist gonna do um because you know we had to worry about is there something that can be written over this that our vocalist could do um i don't really think we think about that anymore uh because zach will figure it out (laughs) we're not gonna make it easy like in these five songs none of them sound exactly the same they all sound like us but it was one of those things where like He'll figure it out. Like he's got the the range to do it. And then moving forward, writing, we all like very different shit. Um, so the songs always have different elements of what we all like. I think it works because I like all of the stuff yeah. that you guys like, though. Right? From you know, corn to cattle decapitation, and you know wh- whether it's ambient music or just brutal, you know, death death metal. You know, like I, I, I like all that stuff. So I mean, I think that's part of the writing style too you know i was in choir singing fucking little Mer- Mer- little mermaid songs at disneyland and stuff so uh yeah you you have to you have to change it up you have to 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 have a little melting pool of everybody's uh taste because uh, that's how you can get everybody to like it you know yeah what helps too is there's like the relationship between like the four non-vocalists in the band right we are i've been playing music with alex almost 15 years um We've known Tony for 15 years and Alberto, our bass player, like we've all known each other forever and played in bands together. And then we've been in this band long enough. Like we know what, we know what's going to like push the buttons of the other one musically of like, I don't know if I like this, but sometimes that brings out more creativity that, that kind of friction between like, let's just try it. Let's give it a fucking shot. Usually yeah. it's this one we're trying to get to try something outside the box. Gotta keep it brutal. <laughs> if, if anything's under 200 BPMs, he's like, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> to my tempo. <laughs> I quite my tempo. It's gotta be on tempo, guys. Come on. Exactly. All of this. That does click. I'd say it right there. <laughs> But I, one, I mean, when it comes back to Hiding in Shadows, I think the bridge of the song and that whole entire break between the second chorus and the final chorus really shows a lot in terms of what you guys are able to do now with Zach as the vocalist because there's a bunch of different moving parts within there as well. Different faster parts and parts you put the vocals over, guitar solo. So you're kind of chopping it up a little bit away. But in the same style, you're showing what you guys can do with Zach as a vocalist. On top of that, in terms of the song, though, Especially on that second meme, you know that I t- or the first meme I talked about, where it's like you know that f- whatever side of the shadow is coming out to attack you when it comes to fighting against you, you're getting this more dynamic fight against it. But if it's kind of that you're not going to fight against it, it's going to sink in. You're going to feel the pain of it sinking into you and basically destroying your inner self. And that's how these different dynamics work in this song completely. So it does make a lot of sense, and I think it really showcases. Now, Zach, as your vocalist, what you guys are potentially even capable of doing going forward. It opens the door for so many other possibilities. It opens the door for many different opportunities. There will be cleans. 
Yeah. It'll be clean sometime. Yep. Whether Alex likes it or not, <laughs> it'll happen. It's coming. It's all going to sound good at the end of the day. That's, you know, that's reassuring for me. Yeah, it'll sound good. And, you know, we were talking about, well, they were, you know, Brandon was talking about how close all four of them are. I don't like any of them yet. Except Alex. <laughs> just Alex. Just Alex. So that's why I know he's on board with cleans because, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Or, or, right. or is it because Alex is on board with cleans because he knows you can do cleans over his 200 BPM style? That is probably true. That's probably true. So, uh, you know. Because I, I had like a whole, like in my head when I'm writing like the chorus, for example, the lead, like sometimes I think about an idea of how epic, you know what I mean? Like vocals would sound. So when he like busted out his fucking like chorus, I was like, holy shit, like this is fucking, it's, it's, because it's too like, it's really melodic, but it's aggressive. Sure. I fucking love that like balance that you fucking put on there. That was the, that was the point. That was, that was good. It's the perfect balance. You get a, get one of those scales and try and weigh two different things, see if things happen. You put Zach's vocals on there, and everything is just. I can't. I can't ask Alex for for tips though, because if I ask him, he's just like brutal, man. Just make it brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Just make it sound gnarly. You know. How That's heavy? Do they say how, gnarly out there? If I can say gnarly out there. Uh, no, I haven't heard gnarly out here since like the early two thousands. Um, no. Does everyone say dude? Because we say dude. A lot of people still say dude, but I don't think they say dude as much as you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. California. Yeah. Sweet, dude. I mean, I mean, pretty much a lot of times you get people picking up the phone going, yellow. That's kind of one of the... No, I think that's the thing in California. There are probably just as many women out there saying dude as there are dudes. Yeah, dude dudes, is super you know? gender neutral. <laughs> Everyone's a dude. Dude or neutral. Yeah. Not gender neutral. It's dude or neutral now. Yeah. <laughs> I might just follow along with that every time I say just dude, dude, dude. Honestly, I'm going to start feeling like Tommy Lee after I keep saying, dude, just dude, dude, dude. Oh, yeah. But kind of bringing the whole entire look at the song, Hiding Channels, to an uh, overall conclusion, which is always one thing I like to do when it comes to, like, wrapping up the song as well. I wrote, overall, I think what stands out the most about this song is how the buildup feels like this entity that was ready to take you down is about to strike and take you into oblivion. But then when the chorus shows up, two sides that you can either take another way, either take it without a fight or fight against it, prepare to fight against it, can be seen. That sets that longer bridge up as either the struggle for that entity to kind of just sink into you or you fighting against it and going the distance and trying to take it out. It is an interesting thing. So if you ever felt like something was going against you and it was waiting to strike, take the second message when it comes to wanting to fight against this thing and don't let the first come true. That's what you should be taking from this song. It has the build. It is close to six minutes long. So you're going to feel the full force of it. And I think the reason why it's that long, honestly, is because Again, this isn't something that happens just quickly. This is something that's going to happen over a rather long period of time. So the song somewhat reflects that in the runtime as well. So, damn, you guys thought of everything. Also <laughs> it's also because they're a pain in the ass. They're testing me with the first song. Yep. <laughs> so they gave me a fucking six-minute song. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is brutal. But Alex, I, I made it happen. I made it happen. I don't do short songs. We, we, that's how it's worked. I'm, I'm on number four that I'm writing, and that's, that's, that's exactly, I mean, I'm, I'm yelling at all of them. Like, you guys make fucking three-minute songs? Come on, guys. We we did try to shorten it. I tried to shorten it with, with Alex when after we had demoed the song. I was like, this song is really long. Does it have to be this long? And we kind of went in there and started cutting parts out, and even just, like, the little pieces that we cut out, it just made the song feel like there was something missing. Because sometimes you can cut something down halfway, and it works just like that. With this song, it was like, no, all the pieces kind of fit together. So we did try to shorten it, but it, it's it, okay. It's yeah. okay that it didn't. I would say, because believe me, doing the Uber and Lyft thing, uh, 
when, when I'm showing people, I know six minutes is a lot of time to get somebody's attention, but literally halfway through, like you're talking about the transitions or, or you just, as the song progresses, I can see people kind of just like looking at me in the rear view mirror or like, like, Oh my God, what the hell? This guy that you, they asked me like, but it's just funny because you could see that they go from like sitting there still to even like, you know, like a, you know, some business guy or a grandma kind of going, <laughs> you know, bobbing, their, bobbing their head a little bit. So I'm like, all right, I haven't lost their attention. They're still into it. So it, it is good. So uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with it now, but we definitely need some fucking three minute songs. Well, oh, one of these yeah. five is closer. To yeah, yeah, closer yeah, there's to one of them. Yeah, four. <laughs> there, there's one of them. But then again, one thing I do like what you said, Tony, was the fact that you worked to try and cut this thing down, but you understood that when you tried to cut this thing down, there were certain parts that felt like they were missing. And a big portion of that comes into self-awareness as well, because you're like, holy shit, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I'm not sure if this is not going to work. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is you tried and now you know that the song needs to be six minutes long in order for it to hit as impactfully as it does. Because if you didn't try it, then if people are walk, what, coming out wondering, oh man, this shouldn't have been a six minute song. You can say, well, we tried it, but the song completely missed the mark on everything on certain things if we took certain pieces out to try and shorten it up. So it's not that we didn't try. It's that yeah. this what we were trying to go for in terms of the overall impact of the song, it hit with this. Oh, it didn't let us. Or just do write like a 30 second song and just let Zach just cover it all in vocals and see if he can do it. Just 30 seconds, but you got to continuously sync up the whole entire thing. And I'm pretty sure Zach's going to want just 200 BPM, man. Just go as fast as possible. I can do it. Diamonds and rust. <laughs> yes. SOD. Diamonds and rust. <laughs> nice. Well, guys, as we bring this podcast to a conclusion, one of the things I always like to do is give you guys a chance at the end of the podcast, say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug. So, guys from Defy the Tyrants, the floor is yours. Uh, you can follow Defy the Tyrants on Instagram. Instagram is our main page. like That's where we mainly promote. That's where our core audience is. So you can follow us at uh, Defy the Tyrants, just all one word, um, on Instagram. You can follow me at Anthony underscore seven string. I'm pretty much doing a lot of stuff on Instagram as well. Uh, myself and Hondro and our bass player, Alberto, we have a podcast called Metaology. So you guys can follow that at Metaology Podcast. Um, it's doing pretty good right now, too. And uh, yeah, you guys want to plug anything? Uh, also follow us on Facebook because that's where the RSVPs for shows are. So if you're in San Diego or if we're playing out of town. So Facebook, same thing, Defy the Tyrants. Uh, you can follow my band Instagram is Defy the Drummer. So it's really easy. So I'll post pictures of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can catch me at metal underscore Hondro. And uh, like Tony said, for the metal podcast as well. Yeah, I mean Instagram. Look us up, Defy the Tyrants on there. Uh, you can you can follow me. Uh, I'm I'm very uh, not metal like. Uh, it's it's very dad dad like on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, it, the, my my title is at your brutal your brutal bro. So uh, <laughs> it's always been in me. I, I love brutal music, um, and uh, hopefully I get along with most people, and I'm everyone's bro. So uh, uh, the name fits well. So your brutal bro. Very to put it. Now it's time for me to close out this with three separate things. So everyone listening, when it comes to Defy the Tyrants, you've just heard of where you can find them, where you can follow along with them, not only with just the whole entire thing with the band, but also like personal stuff as well with their Instagrams, with their podcasts. And of course, you're going to want to know where to stream their music. You're going to want to know where to listen to it, especially when Hiding Shadows comes out. 
and when new shows get announced. But you got to be saying, Kevin, that's a shit ton of stuff. Just put it in the freaking description, man. Just put links in there for us, label them correctly, and we'll follow them from there. I've done over 200 of these. You guys know exactly that's what I'm going to fucking do. So look for the look for all the links in the description of the podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Podcast, I Hurry It'll say to find Defy the Tyrants online. Every single link you ever want will be there. So you can just click it, follow, subscribe, stream their music, check out some of their stuff. And if, they got a, if they're playing a show near you, especially if you're in San Diego, go check it out as well. Now time for number two. And I know we were talking about drinks before and after the show uh, previous or earlier on the podcast. And whenever I've guests on the podcast, I always like to make a promise if I enjoy having these guests on the podcast. This happened 100% of the time, guys. So I want to tell you that you did not break this trend. So the promise is when I get to see Defy the Tyrants play live for the first time, the promise is first round's on me. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, already, uh, Tony, uh, Brandon, I had to make sure I, or Brandon's not here. Yeah, Brandon's here. I, I have all your names right here. I keep forgetting who's not here, but it's uh, Alberts. My bad. So, Tony, Brandon, Hondro, and Zach, I want to thank you guys for being in the podcast. Everyone, remember to go check out to find the Tyrants Online. And in all good conscience, I cannot end this podcast with goodbye because that just seems stupid because that seems too final. Made the promise, guys. Want to keep in touch with them as well. And I'd love to have you guys back in the podcast once again. And Anthony, if you're ever around on Wednesdays for those live streams, just hop on in once again, the rest of you guys as well. And on that note, I'm going to end it with, see you later. Thank you. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Tony, Brandon, Hondra, and Zach from the band Defy the Tyrants out of San Diego, California. They told you all where you can find them online, where you can stream the song, Hiding in Shadows, where you can connect them. You can listen to their podcast as well. All the links for everything will be in the description of the podcast below. If you're in the San Diego area, I know they're playing in September at the Brick by Brick venue with Soulfly. So you're going to want to check that out as well. See these guys perform live as well and see Zach on stage of the band probably for like the first or second time he's ever going to be on stage of the band. So you're going to want to make sure you take part in that. Be a part of a live show because my God, live shows are back. Let's go. Also, Remember to follow us on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MSOTD Rocks. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, MSOTD Rocks. If you're not, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, that's where you can subscribe. You can also subscribe to the podcast, Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio. So make sure you do that if you're a first-time listener. If you're not subscribed, if you are, thank you very much. And remember, big thanks to Phoenix Fitness for sponsoring this video. Again, when it comes to vitamin supplements, all that post-workout, pre-workout, whatever it might be, go to them. They got good stuff. And please use the code MSOTD Rocks. Not MSOTD Rocks, MSOTD, I keep, I keep messing that up. MSOTD to get 15% off of your entire order. And on that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to you by MSOTD Rocks, Rock Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of them to the big, healthy, and hearty. See Yeah.